evoking magic with the everyday wonderment of life and death one bitch at a time <laughs> step inside bewitch seance number 13 origins <sighs> Luca La Bruja coming to y'all from this beloved Abuela Castaña that I am gonna miss deeply. <laughs> Reminiscing on once upon a time when this wee little bitch who lived in the hood was conjuring up dreams to live in the woods and then voila my five-year-old self is just like we did it we did it what the fuck was that doesn't take away the fact that my neighbors think i'm absolutely crazy and they're probably right every other city i go every little place i know no matter where i go i'm definitely the crazy bitch in the village <laughs> and no matter the age or the place, it's always the same question with complete confusion and maybe more fear than confusion. So where are you from? Slash like undertone of like, do people know you're out here in freedom? <laughs> yes, they do. I really hope a kid was walking by in that moment and just heard a weird cackling laugh coming out of the tree. It's my deep, deep hope. It was so much easier to answer this question back in the day, you know, when we were all born, raised, and lived in one place. So now I've summed it up. An answer that leaves more confusion and definitely less fear, because now they just think I'm crazy when I say, well, I landed on Earth, born into Mexico's rooted magia, raised against my will in LA, then lost myself in the world, and now I find myself living and processing trauma in Galicia, a place that I didn't even know existed until I actually moved to it, to figure out what the fuck comes next with all this information but the lunatis on my forearm suggests that i'm probably from the constellation orion so your guess is good as any in the magical world of harry potter this would be significantly easier to navigate just you know ask for directions to madness and somebody be like oh yeah, yeah the, the random Bitch in the magic treehouse, you're gonna go right to the end of Diagon Alley. It's tucked away in the corner where Nocturne Alley begins. Yeah, you're gonna find all sorts there. There's just the breathing, tea, Maria, and stories. The the timeless magic. It's kind of up to you. She's she's just there for the cheese so in this space of magical madness and chisme, I welcome origins. Dia de los Muertos, Samhain, All Hallows Eve, the days of remembering 
around fires, retelling stories of how, what, why, when to understand now our present. And depending on what part of the equator you split, you might be celebrating a completely different equinox. But for me, the days are getting shorter, colder, darker. In a few months, this landscape is going to be completely different. And it's going to be way too fucking cold to sit inside this gorgeous tree. I feel like I've endured the most difficult thing a human can experience when it comes to the cold. Um, and it doesn't even snow here. So, I know I will be holding on to this fucking snapshot when I'm freezing my ass off in Montana during the solstice. Oh, breathe it in, bitch. It's PTSD. See, there's no insulation here. So I keep forgetting that in Montana I'm actually going to be warm. There's going to be warmth to be had in different parts of the house, not just like one room where you can't leave or you will be cold. Why that kind of cold? I prefer to be hot. At least you can be naked, you know? So after these two very intense at best like Eugene Oregon winters I have come out like General Iroh after he's put in prison in Avatar The Last Airbender to go party it the fuck up in Bossing Say. Yeah I'm hella excited to be able to step out of this glorious bitch cottage and Abuela Castaña it's going to be really hard to go, and at the same time, the death party, winter 2022, continues. Do, 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 do. Sometime next year, I'll figure out where I'll be speaking from. <laughs> As I've been welcomed into this space, it made sense to reminisce on origins because half of me comes from these lands and it was never my conscious intention to end up living in them. It's today's piece titled Owl Stroll Web. <laughs> so like astral web, get it, but with an owl. On the Bill Witch Seance Instagram page drops me straight into Mexico. Born and raised, Holmes. Because the LA I grew up in was mostly Mexican. Technically, we just moved north to the stolen part of our country, but we didn't get the papers. Yeah, Mexico triggers the shit out of me. I fucking love her. In 2019, one of my wildest dreams <laughs> was piecing itself together. Bit by bit. Schnookwiz and I arrive in Mexico with the intention of finding community, having some land to tend to and grow and build life. It was the only thing I had ever wanted. From the moment I landed in LA at six years old, the mindset shifted to how the hell do I get out of here? And how does one even begin the process of being supported to going back to the land in nature in order 
to grow, learn, tend to, and build with it. It seemed like there was this collective dream the majority of humans shared, but the walls that were built seemed so impermeable. I had no idea how to begin to deconstruct them. And then I also love the idea of having these dreams seem impossible because I only go back to the recognition how bit by bit these walls can be broken down. This doesn't come without the blood, sweat, and tears, but impossible? Mi culo. Impossible is only something that remains when you haven't changed your perspective of how you can face it. Pero cuando llegamos a México, when we actually arrived in México, there was something else going on that consisted of me going into a 30-minute shaky, uncontrollable panic attack, first time for everything, I suppose, followed by all sorts of weird shit happening in the house. So it was this really heartbreaking moment of not being able to return to a place that you associated as home. It was like Diego and Encanto, you know, they have them hiding in the pinches paredes and the walls is like, si, eres familia, pero not really anymore. You know when you have heartbreak happen and you're like, fuck, that was the most intense thing I've ever experienced in my life. For me, it was when my mom died. And then I returned to Mexico. Oof. To say I had a heartbreak more intense than her death, me va a jalar las pinches patas esta noche. They say that the dead will pull your feet at night if you're talking shit about them, like after they died. Mexicans are also the only people that would associate having a deeper heartbreak than their death talking shit. That's how fucking deep it goes. You go to sleep at seven years old with this thought in your head like, I'm not going to talk shit about my great aunt even though she was fucking nuts. Can't believe they tell us this shit when we're kids. Te van a jalar las patas, vas a ver. It seems that every time breaking happens is the allowance for hate or love to come through to exist in those spaces so once schnuckwiz and i leave this wonderfully haunted house where we were having shared lucid dreams night after night <laughs> we arrive in this farmstead with a family raising three kids, their own food, trying to help out the community as best as possible, employing neighbors nearby to help with the tending and the building of the land that's infested with fleas at the moment because it's high season during the summer and there's no water. And with such ease in the way that we get lost with the tequila and the mariachi, to not really be with the hatred. Oh, I let it be. Night after night, witnessing these lightning storms over the Chiapas Mountains. And then day after day, I would see these landscapes of drought 
I wasn't born into and wonder how could such rich cultures be dying from others' poverty? Y el fuego que nace de mi pinche culo es como... Oh, how the hell do I move through the spaciousness of anger and hate so deep that eventually you reach the pit it has to convert into deeper hate or love? And yo, does that make my cunt burn, baby, burn, disco inferno? It's so intense. I feel like I'm going to vomit right now just talking about it. (sighs) The written pieces read on here that accompany visual pieces on Bewitch Seance's page work as a symbiotic experimentation so listening to the meaning on here while observing the visual art is a key component for deciphering the cryptic language of these seances it's the allowance of letting your eyes explore as your ears hear the story just underneath the surface, the purpose of this multi-sensory prologue is to evoke intentional energy for the seance being held. Owl Stroll Web is an adaptation to Ovid's Metamorphosis, our creation myths. It's the cyclical reminder that something comes from nothing that has always been. So the ending of the written piece that accompanies Owl Strollweb is also the beginning. Similar to prayer beads, it loops you back into a trance of devoted repetition. Framed, branched, whistles in the wind, air spirals of feathered dinosaurs Diving, striking lightning on a nightly end. Holy tapestry letting dead light in. Rising with dawn, turning all night. Blinking yawns of sun-dried clay molding all slow. Crackling rain letting the small ones in festing moments of anything but now blinding images finding eden's vibrations of hell captured voidness of black infinity echoing back floating rainbow bubbles of who the fuck knows what nauseous buried pain hammering away since the day our ancestors could remember ripples of unquenched lips split by money and greed instead of love and the desperate need to feed new dreams. Mirrors in those we reflect along the way of thunder. Sanded boundaries within everythingness of what's already framed. 
And so there's this ongoing choice of how are you going to move with your fire? Are you bringing it to scorch or are you bringing it to warm? The calavera being the foundation death where flowers can then grow. The astral projections that happen in lucid states of dreaming with ETs and Santa Maria, Madre de Dios. The representation of my amakua, the owl with the face of a butterfly, the ongoing transformation holding the dead snake that represents how we found the land in Mexico our feminine and our masculine the left and the right constantly blending into the yin and yang of balancing our life as these webs continue to weave in the way that they will be woven remembering to admire the strikes of lightning that happen in all of these moments Mm. Mm-hmm. And with that, I asked Tarot to join us as we open. Because this deck has been sitting here, taking up all this energy, listening to our evocation of intentions for the seance. Hmm. May we be reminded of the two of pentacles to keep close to our hearts with an open mind. Oh my god, speaking of village crazies, this looks like Rafiki. I'm learning. This is really exciting. I like when I can go back to something and I have an understanding of what I didn't before. The power of Thoth is the Two of Pentacles. So as soon as I saw the baboon, I already knew what deity was associated with it. And the Ibis is associated with Thoth as well. I love that this is the one that presented itself because he backs up magic, art, the moon, science, writing, um, yeah, the writing and the messenger associated with the Greek story, Hermes the messenger. So I love these, these through lines that I then begin to recognize in other cultures and in other traditions and the similarities that exist between all of them. Yeah, so the two of pentacles associated with the power of Thoth consists of the healing process and the return to order, which I think origins really bring this back to. Every time we go through our own origin story, our own creation myth, there's the healing process and a return to order happens in the ability to discover new details of the story that you didn't necessarily recognize before. It means you are a baboon and I'm not. <laughs> so with the help and the madness of Thoth and Hermes and Rafiki and Moana's abuela, 
I go into my own origin story. And the reason that I love story so much is because of its ability to show me where someone is striving to go. And the tales of where they've been gives me a better understanding for where they are. I began playing with Bewitch Seance in the same way I taught myself to swim at seven, throwing myself into the deep end, and then going from there. As I untangle my own magical bitch alongside the humanness weaved into the clusterfuck of this matrix, I delve into the weirdness with the why of how life has always allowed me to play into a deeper exploration of the magic we are all realizing has been with us all along. Hmm. I was born into a mad world with a really fucking long name which is worthy of being its own Spanish sentence and the nickname Luca is a name my dad gave me when I was really young and I love it because it's the combination of my first two names also if you just finish looping the U then you have Loca which really suits this bitch our parents moved us from Mexico, Mexico City. Spanglish is my first language, if you haven't noticed. Where my dad had a network of family, friends, professional artists, to Los Angeles, California, where we didn't have shit. But my mom was following her siblings, understandably so, the only immediate family she had and grew up with for the idea and a dream of a better life for a familia. I get it. But as we all know, the matrix is vastly different from the dream. We got to no familia, amigos, fuck home-cooked meals, all my favorite chores like helping abuela water the garden, feed the birds in the morning in the aviary, going with her to get freshly made tortillas and pan dulce from la panaderia. Ya se va, dile adios, wave bye-bye. Yo, if you're going to go colonize a country, do it right and bring back its treasures. How does Galicia and the entirety of Spain, unless you're in big-ass cities, not have chile, tortillas, pan dulce, salsa, y salsa como el baile, like the dance, salsa, merengue, mariachi, donde están los pinches llantos, la tequila, nada. How? I can't eat gold, yo. Worst colonizers ever. No mames, that's like going to LA and there's no El Super or Northgate or Plaza Mexico. I'm sorry, what? Mm -mm. I'm just shaking my head right now, fairly disappointed in the Spaniards. But I definitely did not hate them as much as I hated our parents for taking us away from home to a land where nobody understood us. Originally, we arrived in the States when I was two. 
then out of nowhere we go back to Mexico I'm so happy I think this is where we're gonna land unbeknownst to me and my sister of course the undercurrents of this Spanish novella are going on and the only reason we returned to Mexico was because my ma was having an affair with my tío aka my dad's brother and the only reason we returned to LA was because my ma had promised my dad that they would work on their marriage well if you've ever watched a novella spanish soap opera you know that the plot only fucking thickens of course the promise was bullshit the affair with my ma and my tío continued this was the main reason why we were exiled from the only family and friends that we had in this weird ass foreign land and it definitely didn't help that i was weird as fuck in my excitement to exchange field notes with others outside of my immediate family quickly taught me that talking about other realities energetic sensing spirit guides or following your intuition were not popular topics of conversation to make friends it did lead me to this glorious willow tree that became my hangout spot and occasionally i would get the kid that wasn't really into the game on the playground so there was this space for bizarre conversation and even weirder exploration of this guided subconscious seven doors game so i definitely earned the title of school weirdo so as our family naturally fell apart and my parents are going through their messy divorce the next few years wrote themselves into an indie sundance dark comedy pan to first scene my sister and i are now cooped up in a single parents hoarded two bedroom one bathroom apartment constantly circulating as a woman shelter for friends my mom would meet tucked away in the outskirts of Eastlos somewhere between learning to protect myself in a new language from the crazy ass cholas in the neighborhood wanting to take out their parents ass whooping on me i learned to make my bark terrifying enough never to bite i refuse to hit unless it's consensual but psychological warfare, shape-shifting tactics is more my flavor. So I learned early on how to bring out my hood as bitch by observing other hood as bitches. You know, it works so well. I actually never got my ass kicked. I'm patting myself on the back right now. Yeah, I was properly cussing at that point. Cuz when you walk home and Clarissa the giant is just waiting like the fuck gotta learn how to say all of these words that are gonna freak her out because they're so tiny and quiet at school <laughs> didn't see it coming did you bitch what was supposed to be our sanctuary away from the shittiness of the world was a kool-aid mix between uh, ramon mendes and tom muska's og 1988 film stand and deliver 
and the 1996 MTV movie Joe's Apartment. So, like, all of the bullshit of the ghetto, but Escalante is your mom and can throw a chancla at you whenever the hell she feels like it. And sassy-ass performing cockroaches are your roommates. See, there's always a silver lining, even in hell. <laughs> I was 100% convinced I'd walked into Crazy Town. Porque todos están diciendo, everybody talks about, this is where you come to follow your dreams, mija. And I'm looking around like, there is not one joyous person around here. Everyone is sad and pissed. It doesn't even rain enough for rainbows. What are you talking about, mija? Unfortunately, slash fortunately, we didn't have screens that you could just get sucked in for all of eternity and never feel or think about anything again. But when you're broke, you also don't have money for cable. So you just have a shitty TV with five shitty channels that you get to tune into if you catch them on time. And besides that, there's your imagination, books, homework, make do, bitch. Because you can't go outside when mom's not home. You're going to get your ass kicked or get kidnapped or shot. Mm, fuck that. I'll get lost in a book. Anything to keep me out of the suffocating matrix. Eventually, that just didn't work either. It was about like the one year anniversary of getting back to the States when I started waking up with dread of having to engage in this weird system without magic. And one morning on the way to school, I remember legit freaking out, like, what is this actually? And how long do we have to do this? I asked my mom. She thought I was referring to school. She starts giving me an answer about summer's coming up. And I'm like, wait, wait and then after summer, then we're done? And she's like, no, then you come back. And I'm like, I'm not referring to school. I'm referring to existence, you fool. Give me an answer. And, uh... No, you just have to go back and back and back. Oh, no. Ariel was, like, my ultimate favorite bitch in the Disney movies. I kept thinking about her signing the fucking contract to Ursula. And I thought, oh, my God. I'm indebted to this shit from, like, lifetimes before this one. Poor unfortunate souls. Fuck. Clearly, year seven was just one deep dive after the next. From literally learning how to swim in the midst of an existential crisis... Year 7 was also really amazing because it's when I fell in love with Harriet Tubman. It was a big year. My motto became, live free or die trying, bitch. And hallelujah for Dionysus and all of the gods that led me to theater. I was definitely not quiet on stage. At this point... I'd already thrown myself off the deep end, so knowing that I didn't drown made theater seem like the next exhilarating challenge. Exhilarating like putting on a squirrel suit and just jumping off the biggest cliff in the world exhilarating. Nothing beat that high. One hit and I was hooked playing on stage, 
equals despiempo laugh. I couldn't believe you could actually do it. Like, you mean I can play? You, you, you mean I can play? I can play for the rest of my life and then get paid and like not die in Skid Row? Like, really? Okay, so theater are co-creating in any way, shape, and form became my therapeutic escape from the box I was confined in. Ay, como Trump's imaginary wall. I actually have never thanked Clarissa for being such a giant cunt because the first community theater show that I was in, my role was the school bully. I couldn't believe how much information I had by interacting with this person. Even if I did thank her at school, she would probably think I was taking the piss out of her. Well, wherever she is, I hope she's still a wonderfully magical cunt. But the only reason that I ended up in that play to begin with was because my ma had the fucking grit to follow her dream. I don't know if it was grit or like no choice at this point because even the Theo that she had been fucking around with, my dad's brother, just one day Houdini'd out of the existence of this matrix. I've never seen him again. So she had nothing. And when you got nothing, you got nothing to lose. She started taking classes in Cerritos College to earn her AA and work her way up. She really did earn the name Mother Teresa because in all of her unholiness, she was just a reminder that even those that we dub as the holiest of humans are still just that human. So like Gandhi, Mother Teresa's life was her message. As fucked up as it looked to everybody else on the outside, all you could do is put your best foot forward for the next. Es todo. Poquito a poquito. And hopefully a little closer to the idea and the possibility of love as you keep sifting through the shit of pain. She reminds me of this beautiful white flower that hangs upside down. Looks like a stout tulip with like the ghetto booty hanging up in the air called Lirio de los Valles. Tulips were her favorite. So I feel like this is just a hybrid, a different version of what she embodied in this life. And Lily of the Valley requires shadow to grow. <laughs> I got it from my mama. I got it from my mama. I got it, got, got, got it. She became my new role model. This magical bitch navigating a stolen world, upcycling her pain through education, okay? Her pursuit of knowledge fueled my own, setting the example from home. That good grades open opportunities for scholarships. This was an ongoing debate between the two of us. I believe that grades should not dictate whether you have the ability to learn something or not. But guess what? She ain't here. Debate over. Education should be for free. Punto. Aparte. And moving on. Ten years down the line, 
Ma's new marriage, bus open opportunities we wouldn't have had without papers. Boom, permanent residency card, AKA you can apply for your citizenship in 10 years. But now you can leave the country whenever the fuck you want. Not that we could afford it. Good to know it's there as an option. Boom, Ma's teaching Spanish at a high school with her fancy new master's degree that gives us health insurance for the first time and a paycheck where she ain't working four jobs and barely making ends meet, which now means we get to move out of the hood. It wasn't anything fancy. It was kind of right next to it, but technically on the nicer part of town when boom, My sister and I get to go to university to study what we love. And according to Ma, it isn't a choice. It's an opportunity that we got to figure out how the hell we're going to pay for. Because you think she can afford two tuitions on a teacher's salary? Mm -mm. This is bare minimum. A few years later, boom. My sister and I are sharing our brand new 2007 neon blue toyota corolla so now we don't have to do a four hour bus commute to campus boom there's a computer at home (laughs) you mean i can just write my essays without having to worry what time the library is gonna close game changer most of the time we don't realize the intensity we're living in until we're no longer living it And there's this breath that opens up spaciousness for dreams and aspirations to come through that you didn't even know you had. I was very aware of how hard the three of us had worked to even get to that point. Back in the day, to study something in its fullness and become skilled at it, not just through books, but through the ability of putting it into practice, meant you had to find a way to have hands-on experience. It wasn't as easy as it is for my five-year-old fairy goddaughter now that can just use a camera, computer, learning Photoshop, editing, just from the comfort of her tablet. The idea of having anything close to even the fucking oldest iPhone out there when I was her age would have been unbelievably magical. It also made the desire to learn a mission because the options consisted of taking a class at a city-coordinated event where everything's broken or sticky wedges, all the equipment's donated from the school of the rich kids. You're hella lucky, and you have minted parents who are willing to pay for your tuition. You're hella unlucky. You have to pay for your own tuition, which means having to work who knows how many jobs while keeping on top of your studies and still end up in debt. Or you tag team that shit and become your parents' indentured servant. So they'll pay for the rent as long as you're living at home and doing the upkeep pay for the groceries as long as you're cooking all of the meals but you best believe you're working a part-time job on top of your full-time studies because you're the only one that's going to be paying for your books and any other extracurricular activities. Imihita, do not lose sight of that GPA that you have to keep 
up because the scholarships you're raking in are the reason you're not going to end up in debt after this opportunity. In a Mexican family, you are indebted from the day you are born. It is an accumulation of everything it took to raise your ass up into that point and then you have the rest of your life to pay it off. So with the shit ton of debt waiting for me at home, I had zero time to faff with bullshit because my goal was to graduate without any debt. I was married to my studies, theater arts was my baby and anybody or anything that tried to get in between that ain't nobody got time for that my social life consisted in and around the theater department for years magic was able to hide within the costume of the arts making me just the right amount of weird for a good amount of time but growth doesn't happen in your comfort zone Magic and art are the foundation for the experimentation and exploration in my life. As I mentioned in Seance 5, Sins of Our Bitches, Arithmetic Wizard, my math guru at uni, was this wild card. In the type A routine I had craftedly constructed in order to successfully play in The Matrix. It didn't matter how hard I tried to pretend that these spaces were insignificant. Life kept finding ways to bring me back to magic through dreams, omens, interdimensional beings, plant medicine teachers, synchronicities, and offerings of seemingly rare opportunities. Woodpecker. (laughs) I was done for. Once arithmetic wizard kept putting book after book into my hands, validating the weirdness I had been experiencing since I was a wee little bitch. Pandora's box was cracked the fuck open. And this terrified me because it was the only thing I had been desperately trying to close my whole life. The tug of war with myself continued as I tried to figure out whether I could balance other realms of magical unknowns and the professional co-creative world within the entertainment industry. So as that battle forged on, we moved out of the bubble I had grown up in closer to the hustle and bustle where everything was rehearsals auditions workshops movie studios sound studios all within a car drive from each other (laughs) i know rex is kind of gnarly alas the tug of war can only go on for so long before life throws in the next wild card and says all right time to decide bitch The return of Quetzalcoatl was in full effect in 2012. It was the year I graduated university and was going to be heading to New York to continue studying theater arts in a conservatory. It was also the same year Ma was diagnosed with a brain tumor. New York got put on hold and I went into my first solo journey with mushroom teachers on the winter solstice. Plant medicine 
showed me Ma's death before she actually died the following year. And that was enough to make everything else seem hella lame. Six months after her death, Apathy for Life kicked in and led me to Vipassana meditation for the first time in 29 Palms near Joshua Tree. It was the 10th day, our last group sit in the Dhamma Hall, where we are all practicing the sit of strong determination, which means you can't fucking move for an hour except for your breath going in and out of your nostrils. One of the hardest things I've ever had to do. So with that goal in mind, I was going to get through the sit of strong determination. (laughs) And in this potent vibration of love that was happening, by the time we're all expelling meta from our physical bodies, I feel her physical presence. I can smell her scent right next to me as her arms wrap me in a hug and wash me with love. So it took every part of me not to open my eyes knowing that this was part of being with what is as it is. (laughs) The laugh crying (laughs) that came through me I did my best to stay in stillness because that's how much of a stubborn bitch I am. It was enough to know what the next step could potentially look like. After getting back to LA, I decided I would save up for a couple of years to hold myself over while looking for land up north to build my tiny house and explore magic, art, and self while slowly composting into a blueberry bush. It was such a terrifying wake-up call, leaving an ongoing world of transformative co-creation that had been my life for over 20 years to live and explore the muggle world of this matrix that is absolutely and ridiculously dark without play and how much it wants to suck your rainbow dust unicorn soul straight out of your trusting guru eyes. (sighs) Discernment became a newfound discipline alongside sit of strong determination. Fall 2015 led me to an intentional community in Oregon. It was the first time I gave myself permission not to follow the rules and break my type A routine, which of course, just as Libra would do, go to the polar opposite side of the scales to figure out what that looks like. I left everything I was building for the dream of something fulfilling. I began to understand my parents bringing us over to the States from Mexico. It was the year of a lot of firsts. First time I spent wandering just around in nature, let alone living in it. 
where I planted, harvested, and ate what my hands put in the soil. I learned to cook something besides noodles, and not just for me, but for a big-ass community. I experienced seasons. I learned what the fuck is polyamory and free love. Got really into shibari. Wanted to know more about play spaces and conscious kink. <laughs> I was fully immersed in a lifestyle I knew shit about. After one year of falling madly and deeply in love with this place I found myself in, I put the idea of my tiny house and land on hold for wanderlust that is rarely fulfilled in one lifetime. I reluctantly left the Rivendale of the Pacific Northwest for the wildness of Middle Earth, sold what little material possessions I had, and with my half of Ma's death money, which was less than a teacher's yearly salary, but a hell of a lot more than I ever thought I would have in my account, I made an investment, mijita. Loaded up Artemis, my warrior backpack, and stepped into the library of a world I had only dreamed of experiencing through words. <laughs> Follow the omens, bitch. Whew. I had not embodied this terrifying excitement since theater found me at seven and you best believe i followed those fucking omens across the pond for a deeper integration of individual and communal work with forum at zeg zeg is another intentional community in bad belzig germany and forum is a space for non-thespians to play communicate and express without a theater department in the matrix clusterfuck of wonder it was my saving grace magical arts opened the doors into worlds of healing that saved me from killing myself in deeply embedded vicious cycles systematically created in order for one to fail <laughs> but this is a beauty about miracles they reveal themselves in the fold of everything in between. Bewitch Seance is the ongoing manifestation of laughable to undeniable magic that lies just underneath the surface, dispelling inner obstacles of why you can't be exactly what you came here to be. If you have the ovaries, cajones, or bold bravery to follow your impossible dream. <sighs> mm. Hallelujah. These last nine years have written themselves with noetic experiences to a life I'm continuously getting to know trying to find gratitude in the shire with fury my body holds of mordor attempting to balance the old and the new 
turning me into we as we weave our global web of community in our individual and unique exploration of this pale blue dot we all inhabit trying to make some fucking sense out of all of it and we all know untying those intergenerational knots is a never ending story (laughs) thanks for that closer Theater began as a ritualistic expression, storytelling around a fire with music, poem, dance, philosophical narrative of our creation myths. It will endlessly evolve into realms of unexplored mazes, spaces that 2,500 years ago would not be considered stages. Y por eso le quiero decir gracias a los ancestros, Abuela Castaña, for holding me y por guiar mi vida y camino, poquito a poquito. Feliz Día de los Muertos. And bookmark at the bottom of that episode under web of spells you will find all the puzzle pieces breadcrumbs for this seance spiral further into your weird a magic moon day july 10th 2023 as an offering to ma on her decade death anniversary july 11th until that non-existent point in time when we meet again in whatever form (laughs) Stay fucking weird, bitches.